Welcome to the All People's Church Sunday podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by Stephanie Herber. For more messages and resources, head to allpeopleschurch.org or download our free All People's app. All right, happy Mother's Day. Thanks for the fun, happy Mother's Day music. If you're wondering what that was, that's Mother's Day music. So, well, happy Mother's Day. Thanks to all you moms for laying down your lives for your kids. I'm so thankful for you in this house today. And I want to say happy Mother's Day to my mom. Uh, She's a part of this church body. So thankful for her. She's not only my mom, but a spiritual mom to so many of you in this place. We wouldn't be the same without her. And happy Mother's Day to my mother-in-law, an amazing, godly, tender woman. So thankful for her as well. Um, and I want to say uh, thank you to, to you foster moms, to you adoptive moms. Thank you for um, mothering those that need it. So thankful. I also want to recognize, I know this is a tender day for some women in this place, some women who have longed to be moms for decades, and that hasn't happened yet. We just speak the grace of God to you today, and also um, those of you that have recently lost moms. I pray that you just receive the comfort of the Holy Spirit this morning. So, well, I became a mom in 2003, and I actually have a picture of my firstborn here. I, I was trying to find pictures and grab this one real fast. So here's here's one of Hallie, my firstborn, Hallie Luanna. So... Uh, in 2003. Oh, I also have a picture of all my kids this morning, so I'm going to show you guys that. Um, there we go, the Herbert kids, Hallie, Hudson, Joshua, and John Mark. And that right there is a great picture of the season that we are in with our kids. So loving life. It actually is such a blast. Um, so, so thankful. Well, you know, I remember when Hallie was about to be born, Um, I went to sleep um, on her due date, so she didn't come on her due date, but that night, in the middle of the night, I woke up, and I was walking to the restroom, and my water tore. Um, (laughs) Someone said gross on the front row. Um, So, that was my husband, actually. (laughs) Um, So... um, So I knew it was time to go to the hospital, and so about an hour and a half later, we were headed there, and I was in so much pain by the time we got to the hospital. I thought, surely this child is about to pop out of my body, and so I busted through the doors on the fourth floor, and I came to that, uh, the, the ladies at the front desk, and I'm like, I'm in labor. Check me in, and they're like, sorry, honey, but you gotta go to the side room to make sure you're in labor. I'm like, no, no, no. Like, I'm in labor. I am in a massive amount of pain. Like, surely, no, got to go to the side room. So the nurses in the side room, they check me out, and they say, hey, um, you're actually only at a two. And for those of you moms in the house, you realize I had a long way to go. And so you have to be at a 10 in order to push your child out of your body. So um, I had a long road ahead of me. The funny thing is about 30 minutes to an hour later, I'm thinking, you need to recheck me. Like, no, really, like the pain that I'm feeling, you have no idea. Like this child is about to come out of my body. And, uh, you know, they were gracious to me and rechecked and said, no, you really haven't progressed much. And, um, but they soon checked me into a room and I was so thankful. Um, 
kudos to all you naturalists out there, but I was so thankful to be checked in because then I could call for Mr. Epidural Man to come numb my body from the pain. And so you better believe I did it the second I could. Um, So that was my first experience, and out came Hallie, and we were rejoicing, so thankful for her. Uh, 2005, Hudson came along, and honestly, it was a very similar experience for me. I hit the hospital, and I'm thinking, wow, here we go again. My pain is unbearable. Get me, Mr. Epidur, just get me checked in so I can get my shot and numb my body, and we'll all be great. So number three comes along, and it was actually a little bit of a different experience for me this time. So two nights before Joshua came in 2007, um, Hudson actually got a really bad virus, and it put us in the hospital with him for two nights. And so um, we were in the hospital, and I thought, well, I might as well just stay here. I'll be on the fourth floor as soon as I'm ready, and that was Really, I thought it was my due date was the next day, and I'm thinking, I'll just stay. Well, I ended up going home for a night. We got checked out of the hospital, and then the next day, I realized, okay, here we go. I'm in labor. Now, this time, it was bedtime, and I thought, okay, I'm going to, I know I'm in labor, but I'm not going to tell my husband. I'm actually going to let him go to bed because we realized through all of our last births that he actually gets sick when I start going into labor. And so with the first one, he was in the bathroom throwing up. And I'm like, what are you doing? The second one, he was on the phone as soon as the doctors opened to get his appointment for his whatever was going on. So immediately after Hudson came out, he takes off to go to his doctor's appointment. I'm like, what? Are, again? Like, what is going on? So number three is a little smarter this time. And I thought, you know what? He needs his sleep for this, this birth. So I let him go to sleep. And I laid there for about 20 minutes. I got up and thought, you know what? I'm in labor. I can't sleep. I'm going to go downstairs. So I go to this, his study downstairs. And I pull a book off the bookshelf. I pull what to expect when you're expecting. Brilliant. There's no time like the third child to start reading about what it's all about. And so when I'm really into something, I can speed read. And so I was speed reading through what to expect when you're, it's a thick book. And I was loving it. And I thought, wow, yeah, this is really what's happening in my body. Like I can feel, yeah, okay, well, then this is what I should do. And I was getting well-trained on actually how to have a natural birth. I thought, okay, we should try that this time. Let's see. Well, a few days before I had had a a friend uh, reach out to me at church and she said, hey, I'd love to be there um, for your birth um, if you need help. She was a nurse at the hospital that I was going to deliver at. And so she just said, hey, I'd love to be there for you. And I thought, no way, I'm not calling you. You know, I'm, this is like an intense deal, kind of intimate, you know. Well, let me just tell you, my husband's asleep. I'm reading what to expect. I'm like, I'm calling her. So I call her. And she was awesome. And she came over. I said, look, can you just check me, see where I'm at in the process? She's like, you're good. Let's stay here for about a few more hours. We'll wake Robert up eventually. And then we will head to the hospital. Look, bless you males. I'm, that is hard, I just want to say, to be on the other side. I mean, you know. Um, 
I get annoyed when someone wakes me up, like when he wakes me up, to, like he's got to go to the bathroom. I'm like, oh, do you really need to turn the light on? So look, I have grace for it, okay? So anyway, so we, okay, so anyway, so Joshua comes out, praise the Lord, and it is a glorious day. So thankful. We also had a fourth, John Mark, so thankful. Um, but you know, what I realized is that moms are, uh, very familiar with pain from the get-go, right? From the whole labor and delivery process, uh, we're very familiar with pain. But moms aren't the only one that are very familiar with pain. It's also fathers and daughters, sons. It's singles in the room. It's children. Children are also very familiar with pain. It's different people groups. It's actually the whole human race. You know, we're, we're very familiar with pain, and I think it's maybe different amounts of pain depending on our ages or depending on what we've been through, but I think if I took a bag down the aisles here this morning and said, hey, why don't you throw your pain in this bag, it'd be a, a bag way too heavy for any of us to bear in, in this room. And so I think it's important that um, we talk about dealing with our pain as the people of God. So let me pray real quick. Father, we ask that you would release a spirit of wisdom and revelation. Um, Lord, we want to be people that know how to deal with our pain before you in Jesus' name. See, my birthing experiences were two very different experiences. The first two versus the third, right? The first two, I just went in blindly, not knowing a thing and just saying, bring on the numbing needle. I will take it all. But the third child came, and I realized I had gotten equipped. I had gotten equipped by the what to expect when you're expecting, and we want to be well-equipped as believers on what to expect in the journeys of our different pains. The first thing I think it's important for us to know is that Jesus bore our pain on the cross. Jesus actually bore our pain in the cross. We share the gospel, and the gospel is Romans 3.23, for all have sinned. And fall short of the glory of God. All of us in this room have sinned. We need a Savior. We need Jesus. Romans 6, 23, the wages of our sin is death. We all deserve death, but God loved us too much. He sent his son, and the gift of God is eternal life. Through Jesus, we can have eternal life forever more with him. And it doesn't just stop there. But look with me in Isaiah 53, verse 3 and 4. Talking about Jesus, it says he was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering and familiar with pain. Like one from whom people hide their faces, he was despised and we held him in low esteem. Surely he took up our pain and he bore our suffering, yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities, the punishment that brought us peace was upon him, and by his wounds we are healed. You know, when we turn from our sin, there's a promise of righteousness. Isaiah 61, it says uh, that he arrays us in robes of righteousness as we renounce our sin and turn from it. And then our pain, when we are willing to lay our pain at the cross and allow him to deal with our pain and take our pain in exchange, we get healing. There's a promise of healing in exchange. And sometimes we don't, uh, we, we focus on the sin and we forget that there's pain along with it that also needs to be brought 
to the cross. I, um, you know, I know there's such a varying degree of pain here in the room. Some maybe have been sexually abused and it's caused so much pain in your journey. Maybe some of you guys have lost children or parents or siblings and the pain at times feels unbearable. Maybe some of you guys have really felt deep places of rejection or deep disappointments in this room. There's so much, so much pain, but God bore our pain. So we don't have to bear the weight of it, but we do have to recognize and face our pain. In the journey with God, I think our tendency, though, is we want to stuff it. We want to stuff our pain in in a side compartment. You know, I had this van for years, um, a minivan, And in the back row of the minivan, on both sides of the last row, there were these two compartments. And you'd open the compartment, and there was little space for something, something for the van, right? Well, my kids were the ones who sat back in that back seat, and somehow they thought the words were written on that compartment, trash can. But I did not write the word trash can on that compartment. I never said it was a trash can. But that's what they used it for. And so every once in a while, I'd have to get back there and I have to clean out the old papers and the old candy wrappers that they had shoved in there. Well, one day, I, I'm noticing in my van that there's these little gnats just kind of congregating in the back of my van. I think, okay, I mean, all moms in here who have ever had a minivan know the whole thing can kind of look like a trash can sometimes. So I thought maybe there's a banana stuck under some seed. I'm thinking, okay, I need to get back there and see. Well, I forgot about the compartments, and then I'm like, because the, like, the gnats aren't going away. What is happening? Ah, the compartments. So I open up the, um, the compartment, and there is a half-moldy cheeseburger in one of the compartments. I mean, like mold coming out. No wonder the gnats were coming. You guys, so many times in our life with pain, that's what happens. We put it in this side compartment, and we forget about it. We just shove it, and we just we can shut that off and think, I've dealt with it, I'm done, and we shove it. But actually, it's drawing the enemy, and the enemy is wanting to fester around your hidden pain. You know, in the Bible, it talks about the enemy as Beelzebub, the lord of the flies. And the enemy doesn't love to just hover around your hidden sin. He loves to hover around that hidden pain that you got with it. And so we have to open up those compartments of pain and expose what's there and allow Jesus to walk with us in the process of giving our pain and giving us uh, healing in exchange. I remember when I was a freshman in college, I was, at the, I was going to the University of Illinois, and I went a whole week early uh, so that I could go through rush week. And so maybe you guys uh, know what that is, but for those of you that don't, it's where you pledge a sorority or a fraternity. And at U of I, they have a huge Greek system there where actually every sorority and fraternity has their own house, like big house. And so, and there's tons of them. And so you go to these different houses throughout the week and you're in the this certain amount of group of girls and then you walk in the house you socialize you come out and you have your paper and you either cross that one off the list like I don't like them or you keep it on the list and you you go through this daily and um and so they can also cross you off their list and so it's just beautiful process you know where you like reject everyone and so 
Um, so I'm going through this week, and I get to the end of the week, and I really have fixated on this one. I mean, that I really like, I really like the girls in it, and I'm thinking, surely I'm in. I think they really liked me. And so what happens at the, the end is you um, get a bid card, and on that card, it's like this little invitation, and it says the sorority that you're in. And then you go, you meet the girls, etc. Well, I show up at bid day, and I'm thinking, I'm in. So I pull my card, and they hand it to me. I open it up, and it is not my first choice. And I am devastated because I'm thinking, no, 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 no. Like, you just gave me the wrong card. Like, this is not my card. And... Um, I let it sink in for a second, and I realized they crossed me off the list. Like, I was rejected from this group. They didn't want me in. And for the next 24 to 48 hours, I bawled my head off. I walked around that campus, and I cried like a baby. My roommate was so annoyed with me. She was walking with me um, through the the streets of the campus, and I think by hour 30, she was kind of like, enough already, get over it and move on. Now, she got her first first choice, so she was happy as a lark. Um, but I was a mess. And um, after a few days later, I finally did um, move on and put it in a compartment. I put the pain in a side compartment in the back of my van. Actually, not in my van, in my heart. But, um, but it was still there. And, you know, I really just chalked it up to, that's so dumb that you just, like, reject people. Like, what a silly thing. And just shoved it. Well, you know, that next summer um, was when I had my dramatic encounter with God um, across the border in Tijuana, Mexico, where he showed up and he invited me on this journey of faith with him. And it was amazing. And I said, yes, I'm in no matter the cost. And then I, from there, uh, got involved in a church and learned how to walk with Jesus. I learned how to get up and spend time with God. I learned to be in the word, to love the word of God, to worship, to journal, to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. And years later, as I'm sitting, spending time with God, um, I, all of a sudden, um, I, the Holy Spirit began to speak to me, and he brought up this memory from my time at U of I, where I got the bid and was rejected. And so God invited me into this moment of healing. I knew he was bringing it up because he wanted to bring healing. And I could feel the tenderness of the moment. All of a sudden, I mean, I got teary and tender about this story, and um, then he said, I want to reveal where, where I was in that memory. And all of a sudden, Jesus hands me a new invitation. Now, on that invitation was this journey of faith that he had for me. Oh, it's so tender. It was amazing. And he removed the pain of the rejection. He removed the pain of the rejection that day and gave me a new invitation You know, you might not have a sorority story, but a lot of us in here need God to come and show us where he was in the place of our pain so that he can remove 
the sting of it, the pain of it. And guys, it's a promise. It's part of, he bought your pain on the cross. He bought your pain on the cross. Therefore, there is healing for you today. I want to show this testimony of someone in our midst who had been shoving her pain down. So as a kid, it was difficult um, growing up. My mom was a single mom, um, and I had two sisters. Really weren't allowed to have any type of emotions. Um, how I dealt with my pain is, well, trying to be perfect, um, and mostly running into to relationships, whatever felt like love. But the reference of love was a feeling of acceptance. So in 2011, um, I went to the School of Transformation and um, we were on our way to our trip to Waco for World Mandate. And um, I was running late uh, to the airport and um, I found myself in feeling tremendous anxiety over being late, of what everybody was going to think, how I was holding everybody up, like it was just my responsibility to be there on time, like once again, like I didn't do it right. And it had been so normal to me to feel like that, that I didn't really recognize, like um, there was so much pain in that place until I walked into the airport. Kelly Braswell just came to me and uh, gave me a hug and looked in my eyes and told me it's okay and at that moment I realized nobody's ever told me it's okay I've always I've, I learned to, how to hold it together <laughs> but I knew that there was something inside that didn't know how to receive grace I didn't even know what grace was I was so foreign to me and when we went to world mandate um, the song came on um, restoration um, you take my mourning and turn it into laughing and you take my sorrow and you turn it into joy and I knew it was possible because I hadn't counted love. Amazing. Encountered the love of God in the face of her pain. I love it when she finally encountered a safe place to let the top off the can. She realized, wow, I had put this in a side compartment in my heart and I need healing. I need God's healing and I need to walk with Jesus through the pain and receive the grace of God in my life for it. You know, not only can we stuff the pain, but we can also numb the pain. We can go to things to, to numb what we don't want to face. Sometimes we go find the next fun adventure, um, or we go off to the next weekend getaway, 
to keep it at bay. Sometimes we find the latest new restaurant to eat the best new food at. Um, Sometimes we can get the next degree, right? We can fill our minds and think, what's the next thing that I can work towards? Sometimes we become dependent on other relationships. We can fill it with friendships, um, or we can turn to different addictions to numb the pain. But the thing is, is the people of God, we don't want to numb our pain. We want to go to Jesus and bring it before him. We don't want to stop meeting with him when things get hard. It's actually um, the time to really press in to a deeper place of intimacy with the Holy Spirit. I've resolved in my life to spend time with God every day, to start my day with God every day, even in seasons of pain. I have seasons of pain. I still go through seasons of pain. And it's in those seasons, I know I better keep showing up or I will turn to something to numb my pain. I will put something in my side compartment that's going to bring the enemy to hover around. And so we've got to keep showing up in our places of pain. And God is faithful. It is a promise from the cross. We will get healing in exchange if we bring our pain before him. Well, the second thing this morning I want to say in our pain is that pain, the pain in our lives should uh, result in a breakthrough. The pain in our lives should result in a breakthrough. In fact, I fully believe that more of our new self could, should come forth from seasons of pain. It says in Colossians 3, 9 and 10, Having taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in the image of its creator, I believe that our new self should emerge more coming out of a season of pain. I want you to watch another testimony. Uh, A couple years ago, I found myself in the midst of a pretty hard family conflict Um, That left me feeling just uh, broken and and hurt. And um, what had unfolded was there was just some some family members were making decisions that I didn't fully agree with. And at that um, point in my life, uh, family had just meant so much to me. It was such a huge part of my identity. And so um, when those relationships relationships were breaking it was like a part of me was breaking and and dying and um it really felt like my world was falling apart i knew that i couldn't run from the pain um i didn't want to just retreat and even though things felt cloudy and i was unsure and i you know sometimes could hear god's voice and sometimes couldn't i i sensed that god had a purpose for my pain i knew i needed his presence uh, not just to to make it but to overcome and i um i needed his vision and his lens over my situation because what was before me was broken and and raw and painful and so um one morning the i was listening to this bethel worship song and the the lyrics he never falls off of his throne um just deeply penetrated my heart and and it was in that moment that i realized like god is on the throne that no matter what's going on around me like he is on the throne and he can be trusted with my pain and i knew that he held the keys to restoring my family i didn't know how he was going to make it right um i had this dream and in this dream it was kind of like a huge battle scene 
Um, but it was also kind of like a, a video game, kind of game-like. And so I'm going through this game, I'm going through this battle, and at one point I did die, and I kind of go out of the game and start over. And I enter into the same scene, um, but this time I um, can see things that I didn't see before. I can now like position myself to dodge them or to, um, to win um, and be victorious in the game. And so as I'm kind of running and going for it, I um, hear someone call out my name three times, Jackie, Jackie, Jackie. I turn back and I just declare that is not my name. My name is Rivera. And, um, you know, when I woke up, I was kind of baffled. I'd, I'd never had a dream like that. I didn't really know what it meant. And so I just looked up what the word Rivera meant. And it means one who dwells near the river. And, um, you know, Psalm, Psalm 1 talks about a tree that's planted and rooted near a river bend and how it, it prospers in all that it does and that no matter the season, it will always bear fruit. I know that God was renaming me in the midst of my pain. He was giving me a new name and he was calling, um, calling me forth and, um, and giving me power just to forgive and to love and to move forward. Amazing. Jackie was allowing her pain to drive her to a deeper place of intimacy with God. And out of that came breakthrough. Out of that came a new identity for her. Psalm 1 where it says, but whose uh, delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on the law of the Lord day and night will be like one planted by streams of water. She was one who loved the word of God. That was part of her new identity out of a season of pain. It's absolutely beautiful and how amazing that we have a God who bestows new identity on us. You know, we have this old self that has our sin and our pain a part of it. And as we walk with God, out comes a new self. And from that new self should be a new identity with garments of joy, joy, garments of praise and uh, oil of joy on our lives. And so, you know, I, I think this morning, there's some people here this morning that you've really tried to get free from some sin, from your old self. And I want to encourage you to press into the place of pain, actually. You know, sometimes I think we get stuck in old sin patterns because we're actually not dealing with the, the pain of um, maybe a memory that's attached to this sin. And so I really want to encourage you to ask the Lord this morning, is there places of pain that you're wanting to heal so that more of my new self can come out and I truly can walk um, with joy and praise um, as I'm called to? You know, I think a lot of times uh, questions um, begin to come out of a place of pain, like, God, why this? Why that? And and we can really get confused. You know, I love how Jackie shared. It, it, sometimes she could hear God. Sometimes she couldn't. There was, it was kind of cloudy at times. I think that's very normal for a lot of us. We can get confused, but the answers aren't in the confusion. You know, I, I think it's really important that our questions don't turn accusatory. It's right to ask questions, and God wants your questions. Um, but I think 
we've got to trust that God's going to keep walking with us as we expose our pain and keep asking the questions, but let the questions bring you to a place where you keep moving forward with God and believing that there's, there's a place of overcoming versus ending up in a side ditch of questions and never going anywhere, but circling around those same questions for years. Um, you know, there were a couple women in the New Testament that had some questions for Jesus in the place of pain. And I just want to look at that for a second with you. John chapter 11, um, there uh, is where Lazarus dies. He's with Mary and Martha, his sisters. And um, these are three good friends of Jesus. These people are very dear to um, the heart of Jesus and um, they send word to Jesus that Lazarus has passed away. So let me just read um, in chapter 11, verse 1 through 6. It says, Now a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary, and her sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who had poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. When he heard this, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's son may be glorified through it. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. You know, in the face of our pain, I think it's very important that we believe that God is at work. It doesn't seem like a love to us that Jesus would stay two more days. Like these dear relationships to Jesus, they sent word to him that one of them is dead and he doesn't do anything. Like he stays two more days. And I believe that's because he was in tune with the father and the father was at work. It wasn't time for him to go yet and tend to the situation God was at work in these people's lives, and Jesus didn't want to interrupt that. I want to say in the face of our pain, we've got to believe that God is at work. God is at work in the face of your pain this morning. And moms, we don't want to stop the work of God in our kids' lives. We don't want to numb someone else's pain when God is at work doing something, preparing them for what he's going to do the breakthrough that he is going to bring, it needs preparation. And we don't want to stop it. We don't want to get in the way. So we need to believe in the face of our pain that God is at work. Well, then it uh, goes on. And we see that, uh, you know, Martha is encountering Jesus and is wondering why, why weren't you here? And um, I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask, it says in verse 22. And then we see Jesus start interacting with Mary. And in verse uh, 32, it says, When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. I think so many times it's like us. We're like, God, where were you? What are you doing? In verse 33, it says, when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him? He asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. And Jesus wept. 
You know, in the face of our pain, I want to say that we need to believe that God meets us with compassion. God meets us with compassion. There were these questions. These ladies had questions like, where were you? What? I don't know why you didn't come now, but that's not what he's answering. He actually doesn't answer that question. He actually weeps. And I think sometimes in the face of our pain, we need to let Jesus weep with us. We need to experience that compassion that Jesus has for us. Like we need to actually receive it and let it bring a a tender place in order for God to do what he wants to do. I think sometimes that compassion is such a bridge to the next season. And and I think we, we stifle that next season because we're not receiving the compassion of God for us in our places of pain. Well, the last thing I want to say this morning that I see in this story is that I believe in the face of our pain on the other side, we will see the glory of God. We will see the glory of God. Are you approaching your pain today and seeing no purpose? Are you approaching your pain today and believing that God is at work, that he wants you to experience his compassion, and that you will see the glory of God on the other side of your pain? In verse 40, Jesus says, Did I not tell you that if you believe you will see the glory of God. Do you believe today? Do you believe today that out of your pain will come the glory of God, will come more of your new self with new identity? God is at work today. You know, we, we sing um, that song, New Wine, and we love it. I mean, it is an anointed song. And you know, New Wine, do you know how we get New Wine? We get it from crushing. New wine comes from crushing. Oh, we so want the new wine. But so often we don't want to go through the crushing to get it. And I think this morning we want to respond to God. I'm going to ask you to stand up in in just a second. And I don't know where you're at in the journey of your pain. Maybe you need the compassion of God today. Maybe you need to feel him weeping over you and with you in the journey, or maybe you're right on, right before the glory of God is released through your pain. But wherever you're at, God wants to meet with you. God wants to meet with you today. So why don't you go ahead and stand up with me? You know, we, we want to be a people of new wine. When God wants to pour out new wine, we want it. You know, it takes time, though. There's crushing that happens in our lives. There's new wineskins being forged. There's new revelation that we need to live out of in our lives. And the new wine comes. So as I pray this morning, I I want, if we can have some people up here praying this morning, I'm just, I want to invite you forward. You can come, you can get on your knees and you can meet with God on your knees. You can ask one of these folks up here to pray for you in your place of pain, wherever you're at in the journey. But if you need God this morning, we want you to come and we want you to get what you need from him this morning. Father, we thank you, Lord, that you're with us. We thank you, God, that you go before us. We thank you, Lord, that there is a promise of healing for us as believers, that you have purpose for our pain. 
And Lord, would you just release healing in the room today? In Jesus' name.